You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. We are a week away from BYU and Navy kicking off the season. It's crazy to think it's that close, but we'll break down some of the storylines as we get ready for a game week here on the podcast. Breaking down everything you need to know about the Naval Academy as well as the latest when it comes to BYU. Also need to get to our player countdown series. Catch up on the weekend players that we didn't get to over the weekend. Three different players will honor at number nine, number eight, and number seven. I can guarantee you guys have an idea where we're going with all three of those numbers. We'll get to that. And of course, catch up on everything that's going on in BYU Sports News along the way here. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar as well as All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about both of them here in just a little bit. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 31st, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars, with us here. Make sure if you're just joining us for the first time or if you're coming back after a while, hit that follow or subscribe button so that way you never miss an episode of this show as we talk BYU sports five days a week in podcast form. Like I say all the time, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news, you need to know about each and every day as well as passing along insider tidbits that you will not find anywhere else. Well, congratulations first off to all of you. We have made it. It is officially game week for BYU. A week from today, BYU will open up their 2020 season in in Annapolis, Maryland when they take on the Naval Academy at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. It feels like it's been years since BYU last played college football and Who can blame you for thinking that? Because it's literally been months of COVID-19 related shutdowns for many of us around this country. Some in in different areas are a little more open to doing things, etc. than others are able to do. But it feels like it has been forever since we've seen BYU on the field. But hey... We are now just under a week away from BYU opening up the season. Originally, they were supposed to start the season this coming Thursday, but hey, the fact that the Cougars are on track to play football this season, I think all of us can take solace in that fact because there are hundreds of teams, if you include all divisions of college football, and upwards of 50 at the Division I level, the FBS level, that will not play football this fall, it appears. Obviously, there are some talk that the Big Ten could renege on their original statement that we're not playing this fall, blah, 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 blah blah. You know what? Whatever. You guys make up your mind. Do whatever you're going to do. The nice part is BYU as well as six other conferences are out there and they're planning on playing this fall. If you haven't seen it already, the opening line for BYU against Navy has the Cougars as a two and a half point underdog going into this game. That line should fluctuate throughout the week. The over under in terms of the total points scored opened up at 56 and a half based on what I saw. I've also seen some other sports books that had it as low as 53 and a half. And a lot of other ones at 55 and a half. So we're within three points on the over-under, it appears. And that's not a bad over-under, I feel like. Because as it stands right now, I think a lot of people are looking at this game thinking, okay, both of these programs have been off for some time now. 
Who knows how sharp they're going to be. I think that BYU does have an advantage here going into this game because the Cougars opened up their doors for workouts the day they were allowed to on June 1st. BYU's football players have been around campus for most of the summer, working out, doing player run practices, quarterbacks throwing with receivers and tight ends, offensive and defensive linemen doing workouts together. And obviously they had to be socially distanced when they did these workouts, but The positive news is I think BYU has been getting a lot of work in when other teams weren't able to do so. Uh, We talked with Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo last week. We'll also hear from him later this week as well during media availability. But he said last week that the Naval Academy has not done a lot of live hitting in terms of man-on-man, a lot of offensive and defensive line work separate but not against one another. BYU, on the other hand, has been doing a lot of live work. Uh, Kalani Satake actually has had to pull back uh, some of the live reps that BYU's put into their latest scrimmages because of the amount of live work they've already gotten this fall. And I think that should be a benefit for the Cougars going into this game. Obviously, the Naval Academy is going to be a very tough opponent. The ESPN FPI still has BYU as only a 27.2% chance to win this game. I think BYU's chances are a little bit higher than I think what ESPN is giving them, but I wouldn't go more than 50%. I think it's going to be a tough game. The interesting part about that two and a half point underdog line for BYU is traditionally handicappers, uh, sports books, etc., will put three points extra onto a home team as a favorite, or you'll take three points off of them being an underdog. So actually, they think BYU is closer to a, a pick them than what uh, you might think. Obviously, I think we're all going to see this new theory of, okay, how much does home field actually matter without fans in the stands tested? Because it sounds like, at best, the Brigade of Shipmen, which are the students at the Naval Academy, might be the only fans in the stands. I have not heard that officially, but there have been some rumors out there that they might have the students in Navy Marine Corps Stadium, and that would bring a little bit of noise. But it's not going to be the same level that you would have on opening night against BYU if it was this full crowd in the stands at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. I think even when BYU gets back here to Provo on September 26th when they take on Troy in their home opener, there's no chance Lavelle Edwards Stadium is going to be full. I can tell you that much. And we're still waiting to find out when BYU will announce that. I think they were going to hold on and see what they can do up until probably a week before the game. I honestly think that BYU is going to play it close to the vest and hold on to that information, but that's a topic for another day. Now that we're just a week out from this game as BYU gets ready to take on Navy, a lot of work now goes into preparing for the option. I can tell you this much, though. BYU can only simulate the option that Navy has. They cannot actually get a real feel for it until they get into this game. I think the biggest thing for BYU to get ready for this type of an opponent is to just focus on the fundamentals. The coaching staff, speaking of Kalani Sitake, Elisa Tuiaki, Ed Lamb, even on down to guys like Gennaro Guilford and Preston Hadley, they need to get it into their players' heads that you do your job. Do not freelance. Do not try to do more than you're supposed to do because when you do that against an option-based offense, that's when you get beat up. Uh, I had a chance last week to call the Lone Peak East game. I do some high school play-by-play and analyst work, and I saw East, a true triple option team, Brandon Maddich, the head coach up there in Salt Lake City, really get stymied by a Lone Peak defense that did this fundamentals, plain and simple. Lone Peak's guys absolutely did their jobs. They didn't try and freelance. They didn't try to kind of go outside of themselves. And by a result, they ended up winning this game 32-8, to and it wasn't even that close. 
I think that BYU's got to be able to point to each one of these players and tell them, you know what, this is your assignment on this given play. That's your assignment on this given play. And they need to go out and practice and have those players accomplish that task. Like I said, you cannot simulate the full-speed action of what Navy does as an option team. You can only put guys in there who may have run the option in high school or maybe are more of a dual-threat quarterback to try and give your guys a look. But I think at this point... All BYU really needs to focus on is getting these players, the defensive players in, in particular, to understand, you know what, you have dive man here. You need to make sure he gets on the ground. So along the defensive line, mainly, that's a lot of their responsibility. Linebackers traditionally have some dive responsibilities, and usually the quarterback. They have to force the action with the quarterback who controls the ball. And then you have your defensive backs usually are on pitch man, who is the guy who's kind of the third option in this. It's a critical, critical need for BYU not to overplay this offense. Navy is a tricky offense that has trick plays up their sleeve. So if you try to over-pursue, you try to outdo what you're supposed to do on defense, you try and uh, make a big play versus making the smart play, they're going to gash you. There's no doubt about it. And I honestly feel like BYU, some of their players will not understand what their coaches are saying to them this week until they get out there and maybe see the first 10 or 15 or 20 yard gain from Navy. You hope that they understand it and lead up to it, but these are still young men and they're still going to have a thought, you know what, I can do more than just this one thing in, in the defense. In this type of a game, you have to have all 11 guys doing their jobs. And I know that traditionally you need all 11 guys doing their jobs, but even more so, just the the sheer need for each guy to accomplish their given task on any given play against an option offense, it is going to be critical, critical that BYU gets on top of it. And we'll see what happens, but I look forward to this game. It's crazy to think we're just a week out, and I think BYU is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. It says that Vegas and the rest of the sports books think that the Cougars are probably a little better than what ESPN's FPI is saying, where they only give BYU maybe just a more than a quarter chance to win this game. I do think it's the toughest game on the schedule for BYU currently. I don't have anything new in terms of the schedule for the Cougars. I wish I did, guys. I wish I could pass along a tidbit here or there, but it's been very very quiet on the scheduling front this past weekend. I don't know if that to make the good or bad or heads or tails of that, but you look at this and it's going to be an interesting run here. Even if BYU only gets to play the eight games this fall, you'll take it. I think it's more games than you might have anticipated originally. And the fact that BYU is even playing, that's an accomplishment in its own right. So I think all of us can sit here and think, you know what, a week from today, we're going to be sitting back in our lazy boys or couch, sitting on our couch or whatever you're going to do to watch this game. And man, it is coming fast, folks. And coming up here in just a second, we're going to catch up on our player countdown series. The best Cougars to have worn the number nine, the number eight, and the number seven in BYU uniform. Should be some fun guys who have thrilled us over the years. We'll run down all of that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute today and tell you about our good friends at Built Bar. I've told you a lot about this company over the past six months or so since they came on as a sponsor, but the best part about this is Built Bar has just relaunched their all-new Built Bar line. And I have to tell you guys this much, my new Built Bar showed up over the weekend and they are absolutely delicious. Some of you have been uh, talking to me and asking me what I really think about Built Bar and I'm telling you sincerely right now on this podcast, I love Built Bars. They are the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had bar none. 100% covered in chocolate, 
18 different flavors currently. They're always adding new ones. You can go to BuiltBar.com, learn more about all the different flavors they've got out there. I'm a big fan of the orange chocolate cream. I like the peanut butter brownie. The cherry barcia that I've been making fun of over the past week or so, it showed up and I really actually quite enjoyed it. The cherry barcia is a good choice there as well. So guys, I can tell you this much. Built Bar has a protein bar that'll fit your flavor profile and I can guarantee that. Additionally, they're very helpful for the health conscious guy or gal. No matter where you're at on the health journey in your life, I'm a guy who's trying to cut weight, whether you're trying to put on weight, pack on muscle, lose weight, all of the above, Built Bar can help, guys. Go to BuiltBar.com, learn more about this company, learn more about the all-new Built Bar. It's completely revolutionized. New packaging even, too. It's pretty shiny. It's it's pretty sweet. It's awesome. I would encourage you guys to check it out. That's BuiltBar.com. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, get $10 off your order. No matter if you're a new or returning customer, $10 off your order just like that. Real easy way to save save some significant money on the best tasting protein bars on the market. Once again, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, save yourself $10, and enjoy the best tasting protein bars on the market with our good friends at Built Bar. Three different numbers to run down on the player countdown series on today's podcast for you guys. And of course, I didn't get a chance to record over the weekend. My weekends seem to be more and more busy the more I have with work and kids and wife and all the different things that are going on. So apologies for that. But you know what? That means it's a supersized edition of a Monday on the podcast. And let's get to it. Number nine on the rundown here. And you guys probably already have an idea where we're going with the numbers nine, eight, and seven here. But hey, nonetheless, you guys get to have your vo- your voice heard. And at number nine, we have some great finalists here. We have former BYU wide receiver. I think the best wide receiver in BYU football history. Stats may say otherwise. But Austin Colley, former BYU defensive back Daniel Sorensen, former BYU quarterback, the man himself, Jim McMahon, and no, former BYU wide receiver, Nate Mickle. As you would expect, it came down to probably two different players in McMahon versus Austin Colley. And McMahon won the vote with 60.8% of the vote. Austin Colley with 31.5%. Daniel Sorensen, 6.3%. And Nate Mickle with 1.4% of your votes. And I have to say... Jim McMahon, he is the pick here. There's no doubt about it. I love Austin Colley. I loved watching Austin play. I never saw Jim McMahon play in a BYU uniform. I have very vague memories of him playing in the NFL during his time with the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, etc. But even then, I didn't get to see much of it. But I have to tell you guys this much. Everything I have read about Jim McMahon and his legendary career in a BYU uniform, the fact that he didn't win the Heisman, man, it feels just almost like a, a open-ended book that never actually got closed by Jim McMahon. Set 70 different NCAA records during his legendary career as the Cougars quarterback. Part of that famed quarterback factory line that Lavelle Edwards had going there in the late 70s and 1980s. And to be honest... Ty Detmer, who most think is the greatest quarterback at BYU because he has the hardware, that quote-unquote Heisman Trophy, uh, to give him that uh, over everybody else. Well, honestly, Ty Detmer probably doesn't get to the level he gets at in terms of the national recognition without the contributions of guys like Jim McMahon. So Jim McMahon is the pick at number nine. 
I love Austin Cauley. Daniel Sorensen was a great player. So was Nate Mickle. But there's no doubt about it. Jim McMahon, the greatest player to wear the number nine in BYU football history. At number eight, had a more of a, a diverse set of finalists here across different sports. You had former BYU running back Matt Bellini, former BYU outside hitter Ivan Perez, former BYU shortstop Gary Schoonover, and former BYU quarterback Steve Young as our finalist group. And as you would expect, Steve Young won handily in this one. 95.7% of the vote goes in favor of the former signal caller, a guy who actually learned how to throw the ball effectively from Jim McMahon. And Steve Young went on to have a legendary career in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers mainly, won a Super Bowl there, and man, just a legendary career. But what he did in a BYU uniform cannot be overlooked. The other finalists here, Matt Bellini finishing in second place with 2.5%, Gary Schoonover with 1.2%, and Ivan Perez bringing up the rear with 0.6% percent of the vote but Steve Young an easy pick played in the mid-1980s then went to the USFL with the Los Angeles Express and that huge contract in the USFL then spent time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before being traded to the San Francisco 49ers and as they say the rest is history a great player, a great representative of BYU, a guy who's done a lot in his post-playing career, uh, opening a venture capital firm that he still runs to this day. You see him on Monday Night Football. Awesome to see a guy like Steve Young out there. and Without a doubt, he's the best number eight in BYU football history. And that brings us to our final number we'll get to on today, and that is the number seven. Who is the best Cougar to have worn this number? Well, I think we had a good list of finalists here. We had former BYU wide receiver Glenn Kozlowski, former BYU quarterback Taysom Hill, former BYU pitcher Peter Kendrick, and former BYU quarterback John Walsh. And Taysom Hill, hey, He is a fan favorite for a reason. Even if he may have been booed at points during his BYU career, BYU fans still think the world of him as evidenced by our votes here. 75% of the vote goes in favor of Taysom Hill. Glenn Kozlowski with 20.8%. Former BYU quarterback John Walsh with 3.5%. And Peter Kendrick coming in with 0.7%. So Taysom Hill, the best number seven in BYU football history or BYU history period. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably that pick. Taysom obviously wore the number four for the first three years of his career in a BYU uniform before, switch, before switching to number seven his senior year to honor his late brother. And I decided to put Taysom at number seven because he finished his career in that and because of the significance of the number seven for him. He now wears the number seven in the NFL, playing for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm not going to lie, I had a, a fantasy draft last night and people didn't pick uh, Taysom until the final round of the draft. I had an extra pick out there and you know said I said you know what I need a third quarterback Taysom's as good as anybody so I actually picked him I don't know what I'm gonna do with him all year but hey it was a great nostalgia pick and I had some fun with it. I actually had some buddies of mine why are you wasting your pick on that well I could go pick up a backup running back if you wanted me to but you know what I want to Taysom Hill so sue me so fun times all the way around but Taysom Hill the best Cougar to have worn the number seven I don't think it's much of an argument there so quarterbacks rule the day here Jim McMahon at number nine Steve Young at number eight and Taysom Hill at number seven number six tomorrow has some great finalists Luke Staley Robbie Bosco among them who will reign supreme follow us at locked on Cougars on Twitter and have your votes heard or your voice heard with your votes for the best Cougar to win the number six we'll continue to count you down throughout the week as we are 
a week away from BYU and Navy kicking off the football season. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Our former Cougar gets another chance in the NFL. Uh, Jimmer Fredette reveals where he's probably going to play basketball this fall, even if it's not a big surprise. He did reveal some news last night. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Guys, you hear me talk about this company a lot, but I cannot recommend my good friends over there at All Guard more than I do each and every day when I talk with you guys about them. They are the best pest control company along the Wasatch Front, bar none, and they want your service, they deserve your service, and I encourage you guys to support them. Their phone number if you need pest control services is 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. I can tell you this much. There is not a pest control issue that you have that All Guard Pest Control cannot abate. Termites, mice, spiders, katydids, aphids, praying mantises, no matter what it might be, wasp, bees nest, I don't care what it is, All Guard Pest Control has the know-how, the technical ability, and just the overall uh, ability just to get things done for you guys. They offer one-time services if you need a one-time need that needs it fulfilled. They will leave you alone after they service your house. They believe in that. They also believe in having regular scheduled treatments to come out to your home every three months and make sure your home has that barrier up around it. They're taking the utmost precautions right now. Speaking of uh, Seth and his team over there at All Guard Pest Control, they're wearing masks when they come into your home wearing gloves. They want to make sure you guys feel 100% comfortable with them treating your home. I can tell you this much. They take care of my home and I have zero complaints. I trust them 100% to make sure that my home is safe. And I would encourage you guys to do the same. All Guard Pest Control is the best company to handle your pest control needs if you live here along the Wasatch Front. They're capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Davis, Weber counties, all the way down there to even Nephi, I guess, if you really need them. They can come down to Jueb County if you need them. They're happy to come out to Tooele County, Wasatch County, and everywhere in between, guys. Trust them. I trust them to take care of my home, and I hope you'll have All Guard Pest Control come out and take care of your pest control needs. Once again, their phone number, 801-851-1812, or go online and learn more about them at their website site all guard pest controls with an s.com that's all guard pest controls.com that's all guard pest control a good partner with us here on locked on cougars and the locked on podcast network as we wrap things up here on a Monday edition of the show, first off, a big congratulations to former BYU running back Tyson Williams. He only played all of four games in a BYU uniform, but left his mark nonetheless, and he's gotten another opportunity in the NFL. He was originally signed as an undrafted free agent by the Baltimore Ravens before being waived by them earlier on in the offseason uh, due to a spate of different injuries to their running backs. He's actually been re-signed by the Baltimore Ravens, and hey, I wish nothing but the best for Tyson Williams. He had a quick recovery, proved that his ability to play had not been hampered by the ACL tear that he had in that game against Washington. And here's hoping he gets his opportunity to show what he can do in the NFL. I think this year for a guy like Tyson, probably best served to spend it on a practice squad with Baltimore, really figure out the nuances of the NFL game, and then hopefully take the next step next year and start uh, working on joining the active roster. But who knows? Injuries are crazy things in the NFL, and when you're given the opportunity to play at the next level, you got to take it and run with it. And I look forward to seeing what Tyson does for the Ravens. I think he's a guy who is grateful for his time at BYU, despite it being a pretty short stint. But he still learned a lot, I think, about BYU. I think BYU is better for having him. And hey, 
I wish him nothing but the best as he moves forward with his playing career because I think this is a big opportunity for a young man like that to really go show what he can do to NFL teams, in particular the Baltimore Ravens. Also, a big congratulations to Jimmer Fredette. Excuse me, I had a brain fart there for a second. But Jimmer Fredette announcing yesterday, apparently, on a... uh, on a Zoom conference, a teleconference, or however you want to term it, uh, for a fireside, actually, that he has not officially done so, but all indications are that he will sign with the Shanghai Shanghai Sharks in the Chinese Basketball Association, rejoining the team that really, he really rose to prominence with there in China. I think he'd do a great thing for, for Jimmer Fredette. This is a guy that I really do feel like has an opportunity to become an international icon, especially in China. He's already got his endorsement deal with 361 Degrees, a Chinese apparel and footwear company out there. And I think his time playing in Europe there for Panathinaikos did some good things for him. I think it really showed that he could play at different levels of basketball. But what he did in China, and he gets, gets the nickname the Lonely God or the Lonely Master, this is a guy who is able to set himself apart, I think, in a way that most basketball players will be, won't be able to do. And I know that guys like LeBron James and James Harden, even Donovan Mitchell here closer to home along the Wasatch Front, they're international icons playing in the NBA. But I can tell you this much. The fact that Jimmer's playing there overseas for the Shanghai Sharks, the second biggest city in China by most people's thought, uh, the biggest city, I think, in terms of population, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, Beijing is considered, I think, bigger in terms of prestige and everything being the Chinese capital. But you look at a guy like Stefan Marbury did. After his playing days in the NBA, uh, Starbury, a good player in the NBA, had plenty to be known about. But he goes over and plays for the Beijing Ducks. He now has a stadium uh, essentially named after him. He's got his own museum, a statue outside of the Beijing home arena there. It's just a fascinating thing that I think Jimmer Fredette is looking at and saying, you know what, I can make pretty good money here playing in China. I can have over a billion different eyeballs looking at me at any given moment, really showing what I can do, and I can just be a trailblazer for American players over there in China. I know that there are a number of former NBA players who make the trek over to China every year and put up ridiculous numbers. But most of them are not playing in a city like like Shanghai that Jimmer Fredette's going to be playing in. I look forward to seeing him play once again. I think he's absolutely going to tear it up. And hey, we're big fans of Jimmer Fredette here on this podcast. I don't think many people listening to this podcast are not a Jimmer Fredette fan. I think it's going to be fun to see him playing there in China again. I hope he puts up 70-point games with regularity. Really just shows what he can do and continues to tear it up. I think he needs to just put the NFL in his rearview mirror, say, hey, you know what? I gave it an honest effort multiple times. It never worked out. But you know what? He can always look back on his time at BYU, as can fans, and really look at what the consensus Wooden Player of the Year award player was like during that era. And now just go forward and really tear things up in China. I would sign what would amount to essentially a lifetime deal for however long you want to play professional basketball for with the Shanghai Sharks and just go out there and be a franchise icon. The best part about this is, is Yao Ming, who is an NBA legend in his own right, now runs all of Chinese basketball uh, as the, I guess, president of the CBA. Well, guess what? He owns the Shanghai Sharks. So this is a guy that understands the branding, the potential that Jimmer Fredette can bring to the franchise. And I wish him nothing but the best, speaking of Jimmer, as he embarks on the next part of his basketball playing career. It's cool to see. He'll continue to make headlines internationally, even here on our home shores in the United States. And, hey, 
like I said, you can still make great money. So there's no doubt about it. So best of luck to Jim Fredette as he gets ready to play in China once again this coming season. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your continued support. Uh, BYU will have media availability later today. We'll have some thoughts from Kalani Satake and his players from their annual, or what do we call it, a weekly press conference, their official press conference as the kickoff game week preparation for Navy a week from today. We'll have more on that on tomorrow's podcast. And later on in the week, we're going to have the guys from the Sing Second podcast on to talk about Navy in particular, get to some of their thoughts on the upcoming matchup as well. So a lot to get to all this week here on the podcast. It's game week, folks. Let's get going here. Big thank you once again for your support of the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Follow me at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter if you want to, or feel free to drop us a note anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your Monday. Whenever you hear this, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 31st, 2020. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.